Hi, everyone. Before we get started today and share with you this episode, we wanted to let you know that it is one, one episode in a series on why different people need counseling. So we'll be talking about why counselors need counseling. We'll talk about pastors, ministry leaders. We'll talk about men and women and children. And we'll have guests on each episode that will help us to think through those specific populations, why they might really benefit from the counseling process. So we hope you listen to all of the episodes in the series, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors, Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Council for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are in a series. You all have enjoyed our series in the past, and we hope that you're enjoying this series as well. This series is really to just draw your attention to the different types of people who can benefit from counseling. And so we're having different guests to kind of speak into that. And today we are specifically going to address how men can be helped or why men need counseling. It's it's definitely an issue that I think is sometimes um, unbalanced in the counseling world, that there can often be a lot more women seeking care. But that does not mean that the men don't need any care. In fact, uh, we're going to talk today specifically about that and bringing in a guest to speak to that that topic is um, our good friend. Well, my good friend and Beth's new friend, Mm -hmm. Tim Lane. So, Tim, welcome to our podcast. Great. Eliza and Beth, thank you for inviting me. I, I look forward to the conversation today. Well, we're glad to have you, and we know it's going to be super helpful. Um, I'm just going to share with our listeners a little bit about you, Tim, and then I'll let you kind of uh, add on to that whatever would be helpful. Okay. But yeah. um, I met Tim as a counselor, as a, a, a counselor in training, and uh, he at the time was at CCEF, and he is now the... Um, the executive director, I believe, of Tim Lane and Associates. He founded that, but he also founded the Institute for Pastoral Care. So he is all about bringing care, not just to individuals, but to people who are in the church as well. And uh, he is also, besides being a counselor, he's also an author and he's written uh, several books. I'll just name a few that I personally have read. There's, there's a book called Unstuck, Nine Steps, A Nine-Step Journey to Change That Lasts. And it's a very helpful book, especially if you're finding yourself exactly like it says they're kind of stuck in patterns of um, struggle. And um, he's also written How People Change. And if you are in the counseling world and you have not read that, where have you been? (laughs) So that's definitely a helpful resource in training counselors. But probably my favorite that I've read and recommended the most is one that he wrote with uh, Paul David Tripp, which is Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. I I still, in fact, actually this week recommended that book again. It is such Mm. an excellent resource. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about marriage or friendship or workplace relationships. It is Mm. a valuable resource for um, just knowing how to engage relationships in a way that, that uh, helps them flourish and helps you honor the Lord in them. So that's just a little bit about him professionally. I would love for you to share just some more, maybe just about you personally, if you're willing to our listeners. Yeah. So uh, most important piece is that I've been married almost 33 years to my wife, Barbara. Awesome. Um, we have four grown children and uh, have two uh, grandsons, uh, age five and two. So that's family. Mm. And uh, 
yeah, just uh, very, very thankful for for that. And um, that at a personal level, just at a professional level, I, I pastored for about a decade in Clemson, mm-hmm. South Carolina, before I went to CCF and did campus ministry before that. Um, and I just have had you know a sense of calling on my life ever since I became a Christian at 17, mm. that I wanted to to be in the helping professions. For me, it was ministry. And so I've been doing this since my conversion in 1979. Wow. Well, and I know for myself, I've been so helped by uh, just the way you've poured into not just people who need help, but people who are seeking to help. So mm-hmm. thank you for all of that. And congratulations to you guys, 33 years. That's yeah, awesome. It's August. So. Awesome. Well, so let's just kind of start it off and think about men, because that's what we're talking about today and how they um, maybe need counseling. But I just want to kind of start and just ask you to maybe, because I know you've counseled a lot of men and mm-hmm. um, would love for you to just maybe share like maybe why they need it or what benefit you can share that Ben that men might find as they consider stepping into maybe a counseling situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have the great privilege of welcoming a lot of men and couples mm-hmm. in my counseling space. You know, oftentimes a wife is wanting to get counseling with her husband. The husband may be more reticent to go see a woman counselor, but they're more comfortable coming to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then men are also at, uh, comfortable coming to me individually. So I would say to any men out there that are thinking about, you know, pastoral care counseling, uh, you you will have a niche audience Mm-hmm. And it's it's a big audience, and they're very very open and willing to to seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we men need help number one because we're human, mm-hmm. and uh, being human means uh, you need guidance, you need counsel, you need encouragement, and uh, and so that's that's fundamental, I think. And then uh, men are not immune from suffering and hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, we experience. Uh, things that um, are difficult. We go through seasons of suffering. We have questions of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things are, you know, true of men as well as women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, maybe another reason why is there is a sense in which we as men are, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? We, we're, we're, we're at a disadvantage Mm. mainly based on the way that we are socialized when we're young. Mm. Speak more to that. Like what? what Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and this is something I've just picked up more and more, particularly as I've moved in the direction of emotional intelligence and emotions. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the way little boys and little girls are socialized, you know, at some point the girls and the boys separate. Mm-hmm. And the boys go play the competitive sports and the girls, you know, are playing relational type mm-hmm. activities. Um, and this is a stereotype, but I think it's true. But but in that in that uh, space, when we separate, men don't tend to cultivate the emotional and relational mm. kind of wisdom and habits and skills that that little girls do. Now, mm-hmm. it's, it's why maybe there's more drama with, with girls. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait yeah, a minute. That, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, but and that that actually is a strength though that that comes out. But you know, we're off playing on the playground. Somebody gets hit in the head with a the ball. They fall down. They start crying. Okay, get up. Let's keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know? um, yeah. 
the girls, someone's hurt, a lot more conversation yeah. they gather around and they're, they're, they're living in that world of relationship and a broader, a broader context of emotions. Right. And yeah. men are often said, often told, here's, here's the one emotion that you can express. And that one emotion is anger. Yep. Uh, don't yep. talk about fear. Don't talk mm-hmm. about failure. Don't talk about sadness. Don't talk mm-hmm. about shame, loneliness, guilt, you know, yeah. anger. Anger right. is your go-to emotion. Yeah. So, so I think that's why, you know, just those three reasons in and of mm-hmm. themselves are compelling reasons for men to get counsel. Well, I love what you said though, too, is that right at the very beginning when you said, you know, we tend to think that men are immune to, to suffering and struggle. And I think, you know, we're starting to see some shift in that, which is mm-hmm. really encouraging. And I mean, I just was recently looking at a, a book that's coming out by a good friend of mine, um, Eric Shoemaker, who is writing a book on his experience of miscarriage as a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we think of certain um, certain sufferings, we don't even put men in there. And yet right. I think they would benefit. They would be very helped to be able to, you know, to hear another man's story or to be able to just express their own story. Yeah. Um, I think that can be hugely beneficial. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really good points. Really good yeah. points. So, so I'm curious, you, you started on this path a little bit already, but just thinking about barriers, potential barriers to, uh, for men to going to counseling. And you mentioned, you know, that some of it is socialization and kind of how they're thinking about their emotions, even as children. So that's a barrier that's just there. It is what it is, right? Are there other barriers, maybe even so maybe internal barriers for men, but also maybe circumstantial kind of external barriers that might hinder a man from seeking counseling? What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, so Obviously, the stigma of counseling runs across mm-hmm. gender lines, but mm-hmm. I do think, again, because we as men are not permitted and allowed to talk yeah. about, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with issues of identity mm-hmm. um, or um, I've been through this experience of suffering and I'm struggling. Uh, that, 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 that world of weakness and neediness mm-hmm. is not you know, the world that we're, we're encouraged to live in. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that that can be the barrier, you know, shame Mm -hmm. and stigma, probably um, just a misunderstanding of what counseling is. So what do you mean by uh, that? Like what, what might they misunderstand counseling to be? Well, it's, it's, it's this mysterious kind of space you enter into. Mm-hmm. You know, when in fact it's a very normal space that you enter. Yeah, into. I almost wonder if you could just like talk to the men and kind of because some people might actually be feeling that. Like, what can mm-hmm. you expect as a man coming into counseling? I uh, I'll ask uh, my clients you know, when they come in, have you ever done counseling before? Especially mm-hmm. men, and uh, thankfully most of them are saying, "No, I've done counseling before." I'm like, "Great, tell me about it. What was good? What was not helpful? I don't want to. I don't want you to pay me to do what wasn't helpful again." <laughs> um, but uh, um, I'll ask them that question, and and some of them will say, "I don't know. I've never done this before." And I'll just say, "Well, let me tell you kind of what I do." Um, and it's very normal and natural. Uh, we're building a friendship, and uh, I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just inviting you to tell me your story and, uh, you know, start with why you're here. 
What are the struggles that you're dealing with? And then we're going to start to unpack that and, uh, and work on those together. But this is a very normal, natural environment. And uh, I want you to feel comfortable and safe in this space. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, that's that's such a helpful thing. And I, I don't know if, uh, again, I don't, I'm, I'm the same as you, I don't want to be too stereotypical, but sometimes, you know, men that I've talked to when they've talked about their experiences in counseling or even like going to see their pastor for spiritual mm-hmm. guidance or whatever, it has felt like the expectation is I'm going to tell you some stuff and then you're going to tell me what to do to fix it. Or like, let's, let's do that. Let's like, um, I usually, the analogy of like, let's pull out that battery that's dead and put in a new one. And so is that, is that a barrier that you sometimes have to help like push that barrier out of the way whenever you meet with men? So that's a really good question. And my general answer is most of the time these guys are coming in and they want to go deeper. Mm, Good. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, I know this just isn't a behavior. This is rooted in something deeper and you get to know their story and it's, it, it becomes, you know, clear to them uh, and, and what was implicit, you know, in, for them through the counseling process and them actually telling their story, those things become more explicit. Mm-hmm. And then we know what we're, we're, uh, we're dealing with. And, and, and then the conversation moves to, what are practical habits and skills? How does the grace of the gospel intersect into this space in your life? Um, but yeah, I, I'm really finding most of the guys that are coming in are looking for something more than just a battery replacement. Mm-hmm. Praise That's God. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah. I, I think just kind of just a little more on that subject for me in my experience, I think it kind of can depend on the situation too. Like, like Beth had mentioned, like, or maybe it was you, Tim, uh, sometimes, you know, it'll be a couple coming into counseling mm-hmm. and maybe more initiated by the wife. Yeah. And so there can be a little bit more of that, like, okay, just tell me what I need to do to fix this. That's what I'm here for. She said I had to come kind of a yeah. thing <laughs> in those kind of situations that might be that, or people like you mentioned, Tim, who just, whether it's their environment or their home life environment, their culture, they didn't really talk about emotions or talk mm-hmm. about struggles or, or maybe they're just the way they're wired. Mm-hmm. Like I see this, especially, and it's not only men, but I think especially in, in my area where we live, there's a lot of engineers um, in this mm-hmm. Washington DC area, whether it's, you know, actually mechanical engineers or engineers who are working like software data type yeah, engineers. Yeah. And there's a real sense of like, just tell me what I need to fix. And right. I think that's where um, there can be a, a little bit of a, a surprising moment in counseling where it's like, actually, it, we're not looking mm-hmm. at just how to fix you. We're actually looking at how to equip you to yeah. live life in a way that is is going to be not just better for the people around you, which is probably mm-hmm. why you're in here, but for you, for yeah, you to be able yeah. to, but it can be hard. I, I mean, I'll, I just say that because I know I've seen men really struggle at times in the counseling room when I've asked them questions about their feelings. Um, mm. They kind of get a little bit like, I don't know how I felt. And so yeah, I tend to use yeah. words like, what did you think? Cause they can think a little bit more than they yeah. can feel. And then it moves towards, okay, well, when you think that, what, what other things come up when you, right. when you actually have those thoughts or whatever. So I think there's a mix, you know, and it depends maybe how mm-hmm. they're coming into the counseling yeah. room. Yeah. I, um, uh, will often just talk a little bit about my experience in counseling. So when a couple comes in, I'll say, Hey, my wife and I were 
you know, running into problems six months into marriage because we're very different. She's more of an introvert. I'm more of an extrovert. She grew up in a certain kind of family that's very different from mine. And six months into marriage, I was in seminary Mm. and uh, we were having conflict and we got help. Mm. And so just sharing that story. uh, And then, you know, I, you know, you guys know this, there's so much that you personally benefit from when you're helping others, if you're mm-hmm. in that space with humility, mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're identifying with that person in terms of, Hey, I'm more like you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not the, the expert here and I'll do marriage counseling and a couple will come in and say, Oh, we had a terrible fight the other night and this, that, and the other. And I say, Oh, well that happened with me and my wife about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're 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 normal. You're yeah. normal, and and it. and oftentimes they'll look at me and they'll have this sense of relief. Um, but yeah. um, uh, yeah. I'm I'm forgetting what the the question was. No, but, you um, answered it. Just yeah. understanding, you know, like some people come in for different different reasons. But yeah. I I appreciate you even just sharing. Like me too. I've been there yeah. too, which is yeah. really important. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so any, Tim, any encouragements that you've already given us a lot of encouragement, but just mm-hmm. any encouragement specifically for men, um, you know, talk, talking to them as, as brothers in Christ, what are some, what's something you could encourage them with in terms of just taking that next step to, yeah. to step into counseling if they think they need it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a fan uh, and I love, I love to work <laughs> with men. Uh, I do think you guys are tapping into something significant about emotions and I will, I will do a lot of work around emotions, especially when couples are in conflict. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, what are your, what are your emotions that you're experiencing when you and your wife are in conflict? And the wife sometimes will kind of laugh like emotions. He has emotions. And then I have a sheet and they start ticking off all the emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. it, it may start with anger, but then it goes into sadness, loneliness, shame, you know, and you're like, oh, you, you are a sea of emotions. Mm-hmm. You're a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, you know, I just, I just think it's good for us as men to kind of broaden our emotional palate and become yeah. more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've grown, I'm 60. I just turned 60. And I would say in the past, you know, 10 years, I've grown immensely personally in that area as I've read and researched, but also as I've worked with, with Mm -hmm. men. And, uh, that's a, that's a really good space for a man to be in. I mean, emotions are a significant, important part of what it means to be a human being. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the people that are coming to me are coming, uh, you know, to me and out of circles that, that emphasize rationality Mm-hmm. and thought over emotions and they kind of pit them. And I say, no, they need to work in tandem with one another. Yeah. And what does that look like? You know? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I really think it's, it, it's uh, immensely helpful for men to do that kind of work. It, it, uh, it changes their relationship with their spouses. It changes the way they think about interacting with and, and uh, engaging with their children Mm-hmm. The children that are that are engaged by a mom and dad and allowed to process their emotions and yeah. talk about them in such a way they they grow up to be much more emotionally mature yeah. than maybe we did because yeah. our parents really didn't know you know how to do that right no that's really good um, and I think real quick before I actually I'll I'll ask you just in just a second just maybe to share one one last little story or something but. 
I do want to, do, do any signs come to your mind that men need to be aware of? Like, hey, these are some signs that maybe you need to talk to somebody. Any that just mm-hmm. come to the top of your head that mm-hmm. you might be able to share? Um, that's a great question. I'm not sure I have a great answer. Um, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing really stands out. Um, if, but it, you know, maybe, maybe just if you're not, if you don't have someone in your life where you're able to talk and process mm-hmm. the stuff that's going on in your interior world, mm-hmm. yeah. right. If, if that's not present in your life, I know my, my wife and I do that a lot with one another. Yeah. Um, I have friends that I do that with, but if you don't have a safe person where you're able to talk about your interior world, mm-hmm. then that that's, that's of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because when you don't do that, oftentimes those things can get, you know, can go subterranean. And when they do, they can, they can become toxic. Exactly. And yeah. so, you, you know, you want to be able to do that work and, uh, and always, you know, it never hurts, particularly if you're working with a counselor that's that's focusing on you know the 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 importance of the the grace of the gospel. Yeah. Really, really thinking deeply about what does it mean for me to to attune to and attach uh, relationally to the Lord. Yeah. As I'm going about my daily life. Absolutely. Uh, and so you know that's that's kind of a, a lot of the writing I've done. How does how does a real you know experiential union with Christ? How does that work it. itself out? Mm-hmm. You know, when you leave this office, what will I that look that. like? Sound like? Yeah, I love that phrase, the experiential union with Christ. And I think mm-hmm. what's that's so key. And I'm glad glad you know you you shared that because I think oftentimes we do tend to think uh, a a sign might be my relationships are not well, or I don't have a lot of people to speak into, but maybe a sign that whoever's listening right now is I'm actually not really in touch with the Lord. I feel distant. I feel disconnected. I feel like as I, you know, hear the truths of, of God's word, they just land flat on me. That can Mm -hmm. be a good, um, a a good, like inroad to like, maybe Mm -hmm. I need to talk to somebody. And certainly we, you don't have to do professional counseling. We encourage people lay counseling or, or finding a mentor who just is wisely speaks into your life or your pastor. All of these people are counselors. So don't always think formal room with, you know, four chairs and a door and, you know, whatnot. Think, think who is Mm -hmm. speaking into my life, which I love so much. And I think it's so important because we all have stories. And so uh, with that, I just wondered if there's anything else you can share related to that or um, that you can share with our listeners. We kind of just like to wrap up with just kind of uh, just letting people know that it's okay to be human. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, you know, what, what has been uh, resonating with me for many, many years is just the importance of story. Um, And, you know, the more you counsel people come in and they're saying, Hey, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z and um, say, okay, let's, let's start from the beginning. And uh, I'll, I'll often use a, a device. I don't know if you're familiar with the trauma egg. No, it's a nice kind Beth of device. Is saying yes, but I'm yeah, not it, familiar with it. Okay. it. It's, it's a nice kind of right and left brain tool that you people can use to help them kind of map out their story and see themes. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and there's something really therapeutic. I'm, I'm working with a woman right now and, uh, she started telling me her story and she got to third grade and then she skipped to college. 
Oh, interesting. I said, well, wait a minute. Let, yeah, yeah. Let's go back. And, you know, she started out by saying, you know, there just hasn't been much trauma in my life at all. And she starts telling her story from about third grade on. And I'm writing T in my notes next to <laughs> all these events. And I showed it to her. And she goes, oh, yeah, I've I've never made those connections before. Wow. wow. Um, but, you know, as they tell their story, one, you are like, oh, this makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you're normal. Anybody mm-hmm. that would go, th- has gone through what you've been through would likely struggle the way you do. You're normal, um, but we're getting insight. And then it, it just also increases, you know, my compassion yeah. for the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my own narrative and story and, mm-hmm. and, you know, sharing that has been really helpful for me. Um, and just, this is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, different tools that you can use to help people mm-hmm. unpack their story. I've been reading uh, uh, some books by an, a Swedish author by the name of Frederick. I think that's how you say his name, Frederick Bachman. Mm-hmm. Uh, his most recent one is uh, a, a very popular book called A Man Called Uwe. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say the man's last name. It may be Ove or Uwe. Right. Um but he his writing is all about narrative character development and understanding a person's story. Mm. You meet these people, you meet you meet Uve in the beginning of the book, and he's an old crotchety man mm-hmm. set in his ways. By the time you get to the end of the novel, you're weeping mm. because you've really fallen in love with him. Yeah. You know? Wow. And That's uh, awesome. and so I just think that 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 uh, story and narrative and really taking your time to get to know people so and asking fun. those, you know, asking those questions. Wait a minute. Tell me a little bit more about that, yeah. that time in your life. What was yeah. that like? Love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So helpful. So helpful. And I hope that those of you who are listening and especially the guys out there, if you're listening to this and you feel like I want that, I want to be able to have that, that um, space in my life where I can do that. Like my encouragement is talk to, first of all, talk to your pastor, mm-hmm. reach out to your pastor. Oftentimes pastors have great recommendations for counselors mm-hmm. if you don't know where to start, but, um, but pursue that, seek out somebody who you can build a relationship with in a way that you open up and you share some of uh, your life with obviously a trusted relationship. And that's where counselors are, are trained to, to help develop that trusting mm-hmm. relationship. But we really want the, the men who are listening to just be encouraged. And so if, if that's you, if you're listening, I hope that this is the first step towards maybe getting that kind of care. If you're not a man who's listening, if you're a woman, share it with a man who you feel like might be encouraged or helped by this. But Tim, thank you so much. I know it's been an encouragement to me just to even hear some of the things that you shared, and I know it will be helpful for others. So um, thank yeah, you and so thank, much. And thank you for just all the work you've done to help equip other counselors like mm-hmm. us. Um, and you're, you're, uh, ministry is widespread. So we will also, uh, listeners, we will be including information about Tim in our show notes. So you can go and click there and learn more about his ministry and the books that he's written, because we highly recommend um, his materials to you guys. Very kind. Thank you. Yes. And we hope that you all join us again for another episode of Council for Life. Thanks for listening to Council for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.